Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. We hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless You know what? How many of you have been blessed this morning again? Yeah. See, that's, wow. That's what family is about. Family is about getting together, spending time with each other, and with God. Like, there's this triune thing going on. The Trinity going on every Sunday morning. Every time we get together, it doesn't matter where we're at. We're getting together. We're loving on one another. And I was, I was talking to someone this morning, and they were, talking, they were describing a church that they had been attending. And they said it was all, they had all the, the components, but they didn't have the love component. And honestly, that's probably the first place you need to go. When you, when you build it, when you're, you're not building the church anyway. Jesus said he'll build his church. But if, if we can't love if we can't walk out of love, we might as well put all the other stuff on the shelf. Because it does not. And, True. Yeah, the Bible says, without love, it has a whole bunch of verses saying about that, right? Amen. So this morning, we're going to embark on the final chapter of our giving series. I know I have this big sigh of relief just happened. Wow. No, no, honestly. An expectant giver. How many of you own businesses in here? Okay. All right. How many of you have owned businesses? Okay. And when you have an employee working for you, there is a certain expectation that goes along with it, right? Yeah. You expect to give them a job security, but in return, you expect something from them. Okay. Who here is employed by someone? Okay. Okay. Now, when you put in your time, you put in your effort and your work, there's an expectancy after you're finished with your week's work, right? Or two weeks, whatever your pay period is. You expect to be rewarded with a check, with monetary gain because of the work that I put into it. Am I right? Am I off? Okay. So just like the business owner expects that his contracts are going to pay him when the work is finished, the, the employee expects. Your family, you're a mother. How many mothers are in here? Okay. So you expect that I'm going to keep, make this beautiful home for my family, but then you expect some things in return. There's an expectation of respect, of love, an expectation of, of there's a return on your investment. Okay. I say all this to come to that. There is always a return on your investment. Now, this expectancy, this characteristics, is the last one we're going to talk about in our giving, Better Giving series, but it's by far not the least important. See, the New Testament is very clear that giving is not one-sided. It's not just me shoveling it out and shoveling it out and shoveling it out. It's not one-sided. It's not a vacuum. It's not something that's just done and isolated with no results. That things are really going to happen in heaven 
and on earth when I'm generous. Amen. Like my, like, like my father, my spiritual father says, the more amens you get, the faster we can go to Mike's fish and chips. <laughs> so the first point I want to make is that we can expect to be resupplied. Okay, so let me ask you something. If I was guaranteed you all the money you can ever spend, and I guaranteed you your bank account would never go dry, would that change the way you give? If you knew there was a never-ending well of finances behind you, would you give differently than you do today? Would I? See, I would definitely say yes to, I'll give a million dollars to every person in this church. I'd be given fool if I knew that I had never-ending supply, right? Well, guess what? It's exactly what you have. Now, pastor, let's get a little realistic here. This can't be that easy. See, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and then 8 and 10 says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Look at your neighbor and say bountifully. bountifully. That means a whole lot. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance, say abundance, in every good deed, as it is written, he scatters abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. See, here Paul is talking about the law of resupply. And God continues to resupply us, enabling us to continue to deploy, to put out the resources to serve others. Everybody say, serve others. Serve others. How many know that's probably, the, that's probably a bigger thing than ever preached? There's probably, the churches probably can't preach that enough. That Jesus' heart was to what? Serve, serve others. He who sows bountifully reaps bountifully that we might have an abundance for, good, for every good deed. How many know some good deeds that you could give into? Okay. And multiply your seed. He deploy. No, we deploy. And he resupplies. I'll bet in my life I can guarantee you the most impoverished moments in my life are usually a result of hoarding. When you start clamping down on the things that you've been given because for fear of not having enough, there's no more that can be added. I heard it illustrated one time. If you have your hand like this and you grab, somebody gives you a dollar bill, $10 bill, $1,000, whatever, puts it in your hand, and you clamp it like this, you can't catch anymore. Nothing can be caught because you've got a clenched fist around that. Now, when that thousand is on there, 
and you're just going along using it, more can be dropped on there, and you get an abundance. You do have an open ticket. He says he supplies all your needs through his riches. He doesn't need your money. Well, you say, well, pastor, then why doesn't he just take care of everybody? No, let's see, that's why he put you here. That's why he put you here. He put you here to divvy out the resources to the people that need it. It's like I said last week, how much would he have to give you for you to release $10,000 into the kingdom? And I had asked if it's, is it 100000 Is it that 10% that most churches preach? Is it 333000 which is what most givers in the church give? Or is it $10,000? If he gives you 100%, will you give 100%? And I would, I would challenge you to know that it, I don't care how you look at it, it will always work. I have sat right here, and I have felt the Lord drop an amount in my, in my spirit to give to someone that was speaking. And at the same moment, the devil's like, wait a minute, you have barely that in your bank account. But you know what? As I moved in obedience, I never even had another thought. We went through it. We got to the other end. Never gave it another thought. So who was supplying that? Not my job. Right? It was him. So our greatest fear in giving is that we might, not, might give away too much. So we don't have enough for ourselves. One of my favorite illustrations in the law of, of resupply is this, there's a story of a, a, an implement de, or manufacturer. His name was R.G. Latorne. And this man designed like most of the heavy equipment operation stuff that you see out there, the mines, the real big stuff. He designed this stuff. And he was a believer. And that he had started to adopt the 90-10 rule. And he started to give away 90% of his money and live on 10%. And yet in spite of that, his net worth continued to grow. And someone asked him one time, how is it that you give away 90% of your money and yet you can't stop becoming more wealthy? Like you just continue to become more wealthy. And he says, I shovel it out and God shovels it back. But God has a bigger shovel. That's so true. And Frank said, no one has ever become poor by giving. Anne Frank. Who knows who Anne Frank was? How do you know she probably knew a little bit about poverty? Yeah. The saying is, it goes, you cannot outgive God. You can't do it. You can't. The more you give, the more he will re- supply for you to re- re-give. So... This law of resupply is our safety net. We have to realize that it's there. It's right here. Yeah, this is a tablet, but it's also the Word of God. It's in here. It tells me that whatever I do, I can't do too much. So, we have to first give in faith... Knowing that we're going to be resupplied. So if you don't, if you don't get that principle, you won't give as freely. Amen? 
We have to trust. And no, you'll never get to the point where you understand or receive that if you don't take that plunge. If it looks too big, like I said last week, I think I said it last week, if you don't cringe when you give, you're not giving enough because you're not allowing the Lord to resupply. Because how many know that that last, how, how many know that your cringe level has changed? And if it hasn't changed, then I would say let's push into that cringe a little bit harder. Because the cringe level that changes. It becomes more and more. That's what we call faith building. My next point is we can expect to be provoking. Now, everybody, most, most people receive that word or hear that word in a negative connotation. We think of provoking, we think of that as, as evil, you know. It's something we shouldn't do. When actually the word itself simply means to stimulate or incite someone to a response. That's what provoking is. For example, Paul says in Ephesians 6, 4, he says, Fathers don't provoke your children to anger. Right? That's more of the negative side of it. You know, I like to pester my kids. I like to, you know, just kind of twist and turn a little bit to make them, you know. I know that's not your response. I'm supposed to do that. But it's kind of fun as a dad sometimes. And then in Hebrews 10, 24, he uses a positive light. He says, and let us consider, consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, some of you might think that's guilt. If I provoke you and I incite you to do good, it's not guilt. I'm not manipulating. Now, it has been manipulated and it has been used wrong. But know that, it, please don't ever feel obligated to do anything from what I say from the pulpit. I will, I'll give you that license. If you feel something, it's God, because I'm not putting it out there for you to feel guilty. The, simple, the single greatest motivator for encouraging others is to, get, is to hear the giving stories of those who are doing it. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to explain some things. See, the, the Bible talks about not letting the right hand know what the left hand's doing. Okay? It also says that those that do that only get the reward that they get here. It says that if you do that, it's prideful. I'm going to take some of that back. And I'm going to tell you that it is imperative that you give testimony to how God has changed your view on giving. If you, it's not bragging if you are using it to provoke and incite others to walk in faith. How many of you have heard a great testimony about someone that has done something giving-wise or something, and you're like, oh my gosh, I want that, right? Unfortunately, if we sit there and go, oh my gosh, I want that, and that's all we do, you're never going to have it, right? So if somebody's up here, and they're giving a testimony of how they stepped out, and God supplied this much, it's not bragging. It isn't, you will get more reward than just here, because you're inciting people to move in faith. So who wants to give a testimony? <laughs> in the words of one of my favorite movies, how many of you have seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? When they're out in the water and he goes, 
Come on in, boys. The water here is fine. If you are lucky enough to have the inkling to move, to actually do it, and to receive testimony, please share it. It will unlock everybody else that hears it. So I'm going to give a little testimony here, just really quick, that just happened this morning in these very halls. How many know what we feel that CFTM Payson is a generous church? Mm-hmm. We, want to, we create a, a culture of generosity. We want to give to a community. We give of our time. We give of our resources. Okay? Well, this morning, someone walked into our, into our church here, doesn't attend here, has never attended here. As far as I know, I've only ever met her once. And that was, I was working for her through ADT. I was working as a, an alarm technician. I worked for her just because I lived here, and I'm a technician, and I was called there. I've talked to her one time. I know the business. I know who it is, but I've never had any really contact with her. She came in this morning. Now, I'm giving this as a testimony of you never know where it comes back, but it will come back, I promise. She comes in, and she has my wife pray over her. And she says something happened a week ago that really God spoke to her. wasn't us, had nothing to do with us, had nothing to do with CFTN as per se. But she felt the need to sow into our church a good sum of money. Now, how many of you know we're a seven-mountain church? We believe the business mountain is very important in the kingdom of God. And we've been praying for the businesses around here. We've had an opportunity to be part of the chamber, giving out, making sure that we, when, we get the, when we get to give the invocation, man, it is just favor, like it is just, we vomit favor. <laughs> well, she gave one, not only one check, to the church, but she gave a second check to another ministry opportunity we have. We haven't met this lady. We haven't even told her about it. I mean, let's just wrap our head around that. It's just simply a business owner in town that God visits and tells her this amount of money needs to go out to the kingdom. You can't make this stuff up. Right? Because we don't know, in our finite mind, we don't know when it's coming back. But I guarantee you, it's coming back. If it wouldn't, God wouldn't have put it right here. Exceedingly abundantly. Exactly. There was a guy that went to a conference. And he was so touched by the testimony given at the conference that he's like, I want that. So he goes out and he moves on what God gives him. The very next year, he is now back on the stage at the conference giving testimony of what he did. 
the Christ in him did. He said he went out and he found a guy that was homeless and poor. And he, he picked him up and said, look, I want to feed you. So he takes him to dinner and buys him a good dinner. Then he says, you know what, I'm going to take you, we're going to get some clothes. So he took him to the store and he bought him some clothes, new clothes. Then he said, I'm going to take you to the hotel. You're allowed to stay here, clean up, get a nice warm bath, nice place to sleep tonight. And he said that, this is what his, his wife said, was kind of where he stepped over the line and went too far. But he gave the credit card number to the front desk and said, he may stay here longer if he needs to, to get back on his feet. Now, I haven't heard what come from that. But I heard another story very similar to that in the Bible. See, the good Samaritan did that. And see, the Samaritan wasn't even someone that was liked. In fact, the guy that was bleeding and dying right there would have walked on the other side of the road to avoid him. And yet when that happened, he took him up and he gave more than was expected. Like I said, I haven't heard what happened to that person, what their testimony revealed. But I will guarantee you this. If you step out in faith like that, my God will resupply you. How many think that testimony provokes you? It provokes you. You will be provoked. When God does lavish things like send a lady from a business in town to a fairly new church to give a substantial amount of money to just because God told her to, that brings goose pimples to my arms. Come on. My next point is we can expect to be rewarded. Just like I've been saying. That same, that same lady coming in can expect more than that in return. Not just in heaven. Because, see, the church world likes to tell you you're storing up treasures in heaven. And you are. I'm not, I don't, I'm not negating that. But both in this life and in the next... We're going to receive what we've been faithful to deploy. Consider this couple verses. Luke 6.38 says, Give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. How many want some running over gifts? Will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag? For with the measure you deal out with... The measure you use when your coffer benefits on others, it will be measured back to you. There's that word coffer. I had somebody ask me, what's a coffer this morning? A coffer is this, huh? Is, this, is that, did I read it right or what? Oh, when I think of a coffer, I think of this big, like, vessel in heaven, okay? And it's filling up. As I do things here, it fills up. When a vessel fills up, what happens? If I have a glass underneath the, the spigot, what happens when it runs over. Ah, it runs over? Well, I'm believing that this coffer in heaven is going to spill out, right? We're going to receive things right here, right now. Mark 10, 29, and 30, it says, 
Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has given up and left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time. What does he receive? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and what? Lands. First Timothy 6.19 Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves, say for themselves, as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they might so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. A hoarder's life is not life. A generous life is life. Who, who enjoys giving? Gifts, service, time, whatever. Who enjoys to see the look on somebody's face when they could not do for themselves but they were that God supplied for them through through you, whatever it is. If it's Meals on Wheels, if it's at the thrift store, it, whatever it is, you love to see that response when you are giving of yourself. Matthew six twenty says, "But store up." What's that say again? Store up. For yourselves treasures in heaven. See, notice everybody. Notice those words, for ourselves, not for others. Wait a minute. That, isn't that selfish to be storing up for myself? But it says it right there. He says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then counteract that with what happened to the, to the farmer in Luke 12, the rich farmer that built all the grain bins and things to store up here. Right? He was storing up for himself in the wrong place. I'm not, I believe in prosperity. I would never preach anything but that. God wants to prosper you, He wants to make you wealthy, He wants to make you give you the opportunity to give out. But I'm also not a preacher that tells you to trade for that. If you give me $777 because seven is the, is, the, is the moment of completion, seven is the number of the completion, give, write your checks today. If I go to that and I tell you because of that you're going to get 100 times that in the mail, if I start speaking like that, please stop me. Because your treasures are laid up in heaven. But... There's a but. It says to my Bible that I will reap what I sow even here. Right now, I will be allowed to enjoy. Because how many of you know the day you said yes to Jesus, your eternity started? Okay? So you're, we've talked about it here. You're in two places. Okay? You live in heaven. We're actually to live from heaven. To earth. Okay? Well, if I'm laying up treasures there, what happens to my earthly account? It changes. Because if I'm living in both places, Jesus said, we're there. We're living in Christ. Right? Come on. 
So we can expect, we can expect a reward here and now and then. Because honestly, it's all about here. It's all about this little, it's not about the fleshly organ, but when the Bible talks about the heart, it's the reason you do things. It's the inward part of you. If the reason you're doing it is to increase your bank account here, I guarantee you you're going to be, but if your reason is right, it can't help but work. If the motive is correct, it can't help but work. Oh, I like testimonies. Okay. Okay, so Jesus, see, not only is there an eternal reward, there's also one right here. Jesus said, Jesus is quoted by Paul in Acts 20.35, it is more blessed to what? Give. Give than to receive. In other words, the giver gets back more than he gives. Not always monetary, but you will get back more than what you give. Proverbs 11.25, Solomon says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The giver is prospered as he gives what he has away. I know in my heart, I, sh- I know that it's okay, it's right for me to expect a return from God. I can expect that. I have an expectation. I have an expectancy as a giver to know that when I do it from the right motive, that God has an an unending supply to replenish what I've given, to make me provocative, and to make me receive a reward. I want to get to the pearly gates. I know that's kind of a funny, you know, visual. You know, everybody has this pearly gates vision. But anyway, I want to get there, and I want him to look at me and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want him to recognize that he had put me in charge of some things. See, when... In the parable where he gives the talents to the servants, and one goes and buries it. Anyway, we know the story. The one that did well with it and came back with more was praised. If I'm given some, and I give it and I receive more, I want to be that person that God says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I gave you trillions of dollars and you gave trillions of dollars away I want to be what he wants me to be a good steward of what I have not be so worried about what I have and so tight gripped on what I have that everything that I preach today is null and void when we hold on so tightly because of our current situations we cannot receive more from what he has so I want to do some declaration this morning. You guys like some declaration? How many of you are kind of free? You're ready to be free of this bondage that, that we know. We're ready to be free of, of just this feeling of, of lack and not enough.
But we want to be, we want to receive from the coffers of heaven. We want to receive from the overflow of what we've been doing. And we can live our lives in that way to where we don't know how it happens. The best testimonies I ever hear are, I have no clue. I make like $5 an hour, but I just gave my home just some, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I got this big home in return. I actually have our pastor uh, in the valley was given a home. I've been to this home. Wow. You know, he, he didn't pay for it. It was given. He was blessed because he had been a person that continue. He's given cars away. He's, you know, he's continually just living in this lifestyle. And so he reaps the benefits from that. So I want to have you stand. I'm going to have, while you're standing and you're in, in a receive mode, I'm going to have um, Joel come up and give his, his testimony of, come on. You, you said. What's that? Well, give it however God gives it to you. All right. Well, that was seed time and harvest. First of all, I believe this is a year of Jubilee. Some of you have given a lot. You've given and given and given. But it's time to call in your harvest. Because it's harvest time now, this year. That's what you're preaching. But the testimony, I was reminded by the Lord. We've, we've been with a lot of money that the Lord's blessed us with. And we've been without money, too. But God's always provided all the time. But the biggest things I remember, it isn't always money. I was almost killed a couple of times. One was in service. I got slipped on a, in a storm between a dock and a boat. And a lot of tons boats in a storm that could have crushed me in a second. And the Lord had pulled, pulled me out for some way. He kept that boat from slamming into the dock. And the other way, so see... What's that worth to me? To give me life that way. And, and the other thing was going down the Riverside Freeway, four lanes towards L.A. or Newport. I had uh, I got a truck pulled into me. I was passing him on the slow side. And uh, he didn't see me, pulled into me, spun me around to the front of him. And I had another three lanes coming at on the other side of the truck. I came around to the front of the truck, cracked his fender on that big semi. And when I came around, I thought, boy, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things go through your head. There's a lot of traffic coming to me. What's going to happen now? There wasn't any traffic. Come on. Not at all. My, the car was totaled, and I was spared. I had a bruise. <laughs> But that saved my life yeah, again. Amen. God is faithful. It can come back to you in a lot of ways, yes, it can. including money. Because this is a time that he wants us to be givers and, and give a lot to the people of this, of here, all over. Because we have here, I can see a heart of giving yes. less people. And I, I just wanted to share the other way that God can give Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for sharing that. No, absolutely. He made a good point there. How many, you, many of you, if not all of you, have come to a place where you've said, 
you know, there's nothing worth what has been given to me. My, my father was hurt at 40 years old. This has been a surreal year because I was 40 last year. Knowing that he was disabled 100% at 40, I think to myself, wow, that would be very trying. Um, but he, he saw himself through. But what happened in that situation is God really showed me what's important. It's not how much money you have. It really is truly who you have around you and who and what is important to you. I just feel like, you know, from the beginning, prosperity was God's idea. Absolutely. He told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. And in Genesis 12, he says to Abraham, or to Abram at that time, I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make you famous and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and those who curse you, I will curse. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Father, I thank you for the blessings that are coming that have already came. That in your kingdom, see the kingdom is not about needs, but the kingdom is about authority and the kingdom is about power and it's about transformation. That's right. So we thank you that, Father God, you are delivering us from mammon this morning. God, that we're not um, burdened, we're not, we're not um, taken back by not having, but Father, that we're stepping in to an abundance, into the prosperity of who you have called us to be and what you have called us to do. And so, Father, this morning, I thank you that you're breaking us out of old mindsets of giving and into the better way of giving. Yes. That we hold everything lightly. That nothing can hook us back to what to the to the not enough but father that you are launching us forward and i have to say to you this morning you know jesus fed the crowd with with a little boy's lunch some of you just need to get a revelation that a little boy may be coming into your life and he may be changing the world with his prosperity come on So, Father, we loose even the children in this hour to carry prosperity and abundance forward to feed the multitudes. Because we serve a God who is more than enough. And we just loose. Everybody just raise your hands with me. Father, we bless the business this morning that walked through our doors. God, that the favor that's coming on this business in the next year, and it's already started to happen. Father God, that you would bless them above that anything that they could think or imagine. That you're even bringing them into prosperity. That the people that work there will be changed and will have transformation. Because you're blessed to be a blessing. You're transformed to transform. Father, unlock them this morning. Bring their new identities forth. You're not less than, you're more than. You're not the tail, you're the head. You're not beneath, you're, you're, you're above. And we get the promises of our fathers, of Abraham. And so we just ask for the blessing this morning.
and we receive. Yes. So we just declare this morning. I want you to take this in. I want you to take this into your spirit and declare it with me. Father, I thank you that the lack that has been surrounding my life, Lord, it ends today. Lord, we repent for holding on too tight. We repent from thinking that we know better. But Father, from this day forward, we will be obedient. Unlocking the floodgates of heaven. Unlocking all the provision that you have given us. Father, I thank you for making CFTN Payson a hub. I thank you that this particular family, Lord, becomes instrumental in watching as the kingdom explodes and kingdom ideals. Father, I thank you for blessing the businesses of the rim country. Father, I thank you that there's a new way. There's a new way that things are going to be done. And Father, I thank you that you've done this through your word. It's all there. So many of us have forgotten about it or have not been taught. But Lord, it's all there. You are a God of prosperity. You are a God of more than enough. You are a God of abundance. So, Father, we just thank you for unlocking our hearts, our minds. Make us a generous people. I decree and declare extravagant generosity in each person. I thank you that you're unlocking them so that they can bless, be blessed to bless others. Lord, I thank you that there's such an incredible generosity that flows from here that, that it will just it'll shake the enemy to the core. I thank you that not only our congregation, but I thank you for congregations of the rim country to not know why, but all of a sudden, their coffers are filled as well. I thank you that those coffers will spill out into the community. I thank you for the lack to disappear. I thank you that the homelessness will be gone, eradicated. I thank you that poverty be eradicated. I thank you that this community will shine, Lord, as a kingdom community that is more than enough so that we can be blessed to be a blessing. We just offer this up to you. And the, and the saint said, amen. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us this morning. I thank you. If I, I, I just pray that, that as we've been going through this this series that we've been so spottily doing because of other things, but I hope everything is gathered together and brought together to a new way of doing things that God wants us to do. Amen? Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God bless you.